Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. Technology today is everywhere, and being sophisticatedly trained in the tech space is really almost a requirement for success, not only in the workplace, but oftentimes in life. And that's one of the reasons why we're so thrilled to welcome our guest today, Patrick Callahan, who leads a really cool organization called Tech Impact. Pat, it's great to have you with us. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. And we're also joined by Brian Lutz, who is also associated with Tech Impact. But we're going to hear a little bit more about Brian's story shortly. Brian, it's great to have you. Good to be here. So, Patrick, how do you describe Tech Impact when you're talking with folks about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So generally, I would just describe us as a nonprofit organization that focuses really in two areas. The first is in capacity building, meaning that we help other nonprofits. We provide technology services, support and education to nonprofit organizations here in Philadelphia and really across the country. And that takes a lot of different forms. You know, anything from a managed services, we're managing the back office for some 250 organizations to project-based work. The other side of what Tech Impact really does is workforce development. Okay. And we focus on training, in particular, young folks for jobs in technology. And how did your team come about? How long have you been around? And was there a problem to be solved, if you will? You know, this goes back about 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to tell you it was my brainchild. It wasn't. (laughs) The organization was founded by Microsoft, actually. So Microsoft saw a unique need in the market. For one, they're obviously close to technology and then develop a lot of software. And you could imagine nonprofits coming to them and asking them for help and to solve their problems around technology. And so they identified this as a need in the market, and they decided to pilot an organization called NPower in Seattle. And this you know, back probably 16, 17 years ago. And when they felt that was successful, and the whole design of the organization was exactly what I said, is to provide capacity building to other nonprofit organizations. When they saw that was successful, they opened that up into multiple markets. And they would provide some initial funding, but it also needed to be funded locally matched. Okay, Mm -hmm. So here in Philadelphia, my predecessor, Lisa Schulach, started the organization by writing that RFP to Microsoft, and she found the matching funding from the William Penn Foundation here in Philadelphia. Nice. And does Microsoft still have that connection into the organization today, that foundation that was created 15, 16, 17, 18 years or so ago? Are they still actively involved? They are. We're very engaged with Microsoft that we continue to be today. They're, you know, one of the little known things about Microsoft is they're extremely philanthropic. Mm -hmm. They provide an enormous amount of software and services and support to nonprofit organizations organizations really globally and even their their other philanthropy work they're working on very very important issues like immigration issues and migration issues out of war-torn areas and disaster response you know when you see big global events floods and fires and such that they, they really they put a lot of support behind that both technical support as well as uh, monetary support and patrick share with us a little bit more insight into if you will the business model because i know you started out by saying 
Tech Impact is a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and I get it. But how do you actually structure your business? How do you generate revenue, cost recovery, or otherwise? So that's changed and evolved a lot over the years. When I first came on board about 10 years ago, we didn't have any workforce development programs at all. We were only a capacity-building organization, and we did raise money locally to help offset the cost of providing services to those nonprofits that we were working with here in in the five-county region initially. And the real issue with that was it wasn't really sustainable because this we're going back to about 2008, which was the start of the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the philanthropy, you know, changed direction at that time. And it moved to housing and jobs and, you know, food insecurity and, and other areas as well it should, right? Because those were the critical needs in our community. Sure. So over time, what we had to do was become more efficient in the way we delivered services to close that funding gap so that we didn't need as much money to operate those services for nonprofits. And then over time, we could develop more sophisticated services and increase our revenues. Today, if you were to look at our budget and our balance sheet, what you would see is that we're essentially a break-even operation on all of our services. So that's you know probably a, a $5 million services operation nationally that we essentially do cost recovery on and is revenue neutral. What that allows us to do and allowed us to do was to expand into some other areas. And that's when we went into workforce development and we're able to raise money for those programs. And we continue to do that today. So we do rely on philanthropy for doing job development. And I want to talk about some of those other programs. But before we get there, I'm really intrigued about the growth because you are here in Philadelphia and have been here for about 15 years or so. But now you're also in at least two other locations under the Tech Impact umbrella. Share with us a little bit more insight into those two other locations. Yeah. So because I kind of was in the market, the Wilmington market, uh, Wilmington, Delaware market before, mm-hmm. I had a lot of contacts there and I was working already with a lot of nonprofits on a volunteer basis. And I was well aware that they needed some of the services that NPower at the time was delivering here in Philadelphia. So one of the first things I did when I came into this role was to develop a, a DBA or doing business as organization, NPower Delaware in Wilmington. So that was our first point of expansion in that. That's what led to the offices in in Wilmington. Advanced that a few years, and and what happened is technology changed, Mm -hmm. and cloud computing became pervasive in the economy, and we saw that. And what we took from that was that, you know, we sure we're doing a great job helping nonprofits right here in Philadelphia or down the street in Wilmington, but we knew instinctively there were a lot of nonprofits who were not getting the help and support that they needed across the country because there wasn't an end power in their city, right? And so that's what really led us to change our name and get away from these place-based name mm-hmm. to something more generic, and that led us to Tech Impact. And then we really you know, understood that we could provide those services remotely. So that led to our expansion. And, you know, when you look at the business today, we're providing technology support services, education to nonprofits in all 50 states and in many cases, other countries as well. So folks, we're talking with Patrick Callahan. He leads Tech Impact, which is doing some really amazing things in the greater Philadelphia region here in the city of Philadelphia, in the city of Wilmington, which we at Select Greater Philadelphia really love because our focus is on the 11 county neighborhood of northern Delaware and southern New Jersey and southeastern Pennsylvania. So that connection for a region-wide source that is training and preparing people for careers in tech and technology is really inspiring to us at Select. And that's where I really want to pivot here for a moment, because we were talking about some of the, the history 
But the real, without you know, going down this pun path, the real impact you guys are having at Tech Impact is in preparing people through job training programs. And one of the things we really want to focus on today is called IT Works. Share with us a little bit about the origin of IT Works, and then that's where we can segue into bringing in our friend Brian Lutz, who's joining us as well. But Patrick, it sounds like your team really adapted to the needs of the marketplace right after that great recession you were referencing in, in the 08-09 timeframe and came up with some solutions. Yeah, interestingly enough, it's a model that we saw and our board of directors saw from one of our sister organizations. So NPower New York had really started workforce development programs. They were the first ones to really adopt that in the NPower network, and we Mm -hmm. learned from that. And I loved it. And here's why I loved it, because while it's awesome to help nonprofits with their technology, and we do a lot of that, obviously, there's a disconnect to the community, right? We're helping the nonprofits who are helping the community, Mm -hmm. and we don't get that direct touch and feel. And what I loved about the workforce development programs is it really put us squarely in the community, right? We're now helping people, and we're helping them you know, with something really important, which is to obtain skills in an in-demand field and put them into jobs where they're earning a sustainable wage. And that's where our friend Brian comes into play. Because Brian, you've had the privilege, it sounds like, to go through and complete this pretty comprehensive program that Tech Impact puts on called IT Works. Share with us a little bit about that experience. It was uh, totally, like you said, totally comprehensive uh, from beginning to end. Starts with the very, very basics for a lot of people who haven't had very much experience but are you know interested dabbling in technology right and fully trains you up to be an integral part of the workforce in an IT setting Right. And in a way that's a little bit more structured and goes beyond your casual use, if you will, because I know from my experiences, and, and I suspect from yours as well, we all use computers. We mm-hmm. all kind of are involved in gaming or in some sort of computer touch point. But it's not really a part of our career path necessarily, unless we choose to make it that way. And it sounds like that's a door that presented itself that you chose to step through. Right. I've always been interested in technology. In high school, I took computer engineering classes and completed both of those and was on my way to getting my A-plus certification, which is like an industry standard certification that can really get you in the door in most places. But after high school, I kind of fell apart with my schooling, didn't pursue it how I should have, got wrapped up in just getting out there and and making my own money and being an independent person. So when I decided that I wanted to go back to school Mm -hmm. or some sort of schooling. I was already on my own and wrapped up in working 40, 50 hours a week at a minimum wage job. So the hurdles to kind of really embrace a career-oriented path were really significant. How did you hear about IT Works? I was actually working at a bike shop in South Philadelphia. Hmm. Uh, My friend Mikey told me about this program he was going into. He said it was all free, and it was, like I said, totally comprehensive. Yeah. On the outside, it sounded kind of sketchy to me. Right. I was just going to ask you about that, because it sounded kind of sketchy to me, too. Yeah. So You're like, it, dude, is that for real? It sounded like a, like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. And read more into it, and I was like, what's the harm in applying for it? Right. Or at least checking it out a little bit more. Make sure Mikey's not going totally crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And he, uh, he completed the course. I didn't make it into his class. I applied yep. too late. Yeah. 
but I made it into the next one. Got a call while I was eating a slice of pizza mm-hmm. in Center City. It was a milestone moment for you. It when was. You got that call. I know. It this, was. I know that feeling. And it was extremely loud when I was taking the call. Yeah. Lots of horns honking and and people talking around me. So I definitely thought I was not going to get in, but they called me for a second interview and got started. That's great. Is it a competitive process? Like. Could you have gotten rejected, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I understand, there were over 100 applicants wow. for my class, and 20-ish, 20 or less got yeah. accepted. Wow, that's um, really competitive. Yeah. That's and great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and how long ago was that? Gosh, uh, probably about a year ago. Okay. Yeah, I want to say a year. Yeah, and it's an 11-week classroom program that's supplemented by a five-week internship program. So we're talking 16 weeks out of your life that you're really focused on. And this is full-time, right? Right, right. It was 9 to 3.30 every day, I think. Yeah. And are you complementing that with uh, another full or part-time job to you know be able to continue to live, right? Right. I was working as much as I could at that bike shop, yep. 35 hours if they would allow me. Yeah. So that's a real uh, credit to you for, one, hearing what Mike had to say, two, sticking with it because, you know, he got in the program and he had to wait 16 weeks or so or mm-hmm. at least 10 weeks or so before you could apply for the next program and you stuck with it mm-hmm. and you got accepted. And now you're in a position of a little bit more of a career path, it sounds like, because, you know, tell us what you were doing before. You were working in retail, you were working in a restaurant. But none of those were really career-oriented, if you will. Is that fair? Yeah. For the longest time, I thought I was going to live and die in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be what I did for the rest of my life. And that's not – I didn't enjoy it. Right. I I actually hated it. It is very demanding and very physically demanding for the amount of money that you make. So I knew that's not what I wanted to do, but I was stuck in a loop. Yeah. Yeah. And good for you for, you know, doing something about it. Whether it was, you know, going to the bike shop or just changing your environment around you to, to make something happen here and, and for participating in the program. And I guess um, where I want to turn next, Patrick, is how common is Brian's story? I mean, you must come across a lot of folks who have interest in this space but don't really know how to channel it. So it's really common, unfortunately, because here in Philadelphia, what we know is, you know, unemployment's probably hovering around four, four and a half percent, something Mm -hmm. like that, right? But yet it's one of the highest poverty rates in the country. And when you look at youth, young people between the ages of 18 to 26 who are out of school, out of work, without a college degree, in Philadelphia, that represents about 12% unemployment. Mm. So three times, you know, the rate of unemployment. So we need programs like this because when you take a look at the demand side, you know, when you're at 4% unemployment and in a field as hot as tech, you need people. Right. So here we've got these people and they're needed over here. So how do we bridge that? Right. And uh, this is a program that helps to make that bridge. And share with us, how long has the program been in place? How many people have gone through it? And are you able to measure, you know, the outcomes, the results, the impact? Yeah. So the program's been in place about about eight years, although I will say the first year was a total failure. Mm-hmm. And then we took a step back and kind of redesigned it and then went out with the program uh, that, that Brian went through and is still in place today. In that time, we've, uh, in fact, we're pretty proud to say this year we've we're graduating our 500th person through that program. Wow! And as, in terms of the outcomes, you know what we know about that is uh, 90% of the people that come into the program finish it, which is high, but that speaks to you know the competitiveness uh, to get in there. And 
and uh, about 80% will achieve their A-plus certification, which really is the gateway to a job. And six months after graduation, we know that 70% of our graduates are working full-time in IT, fully benefited. That's great. That's really great. So, Brian, I want to shift back, and, and if you don't mind, I want to be part of your experience. So take us back a year or so ago, and you're enjoying a slice of pizza, your, your mobile phone rings, and you're informed that you have this opportunity to participate in the IT Works program through Tech Impact. What do you think you would be if the answer that you received on that phone call was different? Where would you be today? I would either be working still in retail, mm-hmm. making $8 an hour, $9, whatever I was making, or I would have been back in a kitchen because that's what I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. I had looked into going to community college and getting started with that, but the, the money aspect, even though you know, community college is a lot cheaper. Right. The, the money aspect and the, the time and commitment, six months, a year, two years, whatever you needed to complete your classes, it just didn't pan out to me. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't seem like something I would be able to do and survive just with the amount of bills and, and the amount that I was getting paid at the time. Right. And today you're a network technician. And um, what do you share with a young person who is, you know, kind of rudderless, I guess is the best way to say it. And you're trying to think about what's next in your life and you have had this experience. What kind of guidance or advice would you give to somebody who comes to you and say, you know, tell me about that program you went through? I would honestly tell them, take whatever opportunities present themselves to you Mm -hmm. because you never know what's going to be that life-changing shift that you need, you know, as long as you're not doing something that's negative to your life, as long as you're not doing something that's going to hurt you in the long run go with it i took a dive luckily i had a very supportive partner my fiance shannon she was able to support me through all of this so mm-hmm. even though i was working a lot less i was still able to go through the program and maintain you know bills and and paying for all the things that i had sure but your friends will support you your family if you if they're around will support you and that network of support is really key friends family colleagues we all need them we all have them hopefully some of us are more fortunate than others to have that network in place and folks that was brian lutz we've been talking with brian about his experiences now working as a network technician and he's really a proud graduate of a program called it works which is part of tech impact and he's here with uh the leader of tech impact a gentleman named patrick callahan who's been with the shop for a little over 10 years now and i want to shift gears slightly to the greater philadelphia region because i know you both live and work in the greater philadelphia region today but that hasn't always been the case and for patrick it's it's a little bit more of a longevity story frankly having been here a little over 30 years now and calling Chester County home. I know you worked in Delaware and in Philadelphia, but tell us about your journey, how you found yourself here in greater Philadelphia, and how you found yourself as the leader of Tech Impact as well. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Northern Virginia. My father was foreign service, so that moved us around a bit. We spent a couple of years in Mexico City and a couple of years in a place called Accra in Ghana, which is in uh, West Africa. Eventually came back and settled back into uh, Northern Virginia, but I came up to Delaware to go to school. Mm-hmm. And um, as that often happens, you end up staying there because you get a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I worked for this little startup company at the time called uh, Discover Card. Oh, um, yeah, I heard that little startup, <laughs> Discover Card. Yeah, and it turned out to be a very successful company. And and it was it was good for me because I grew as that company grew. Mm-hmm. So I was able to be in a lot of different positions like customer service and collections and 
and operations. And eventually it led me to software testing. And uh, eventually I was commuting back and forth to Chicago to help support launching new credit cards for the organization. And that wasn't sustainable for me and my family. So I looked for alternatives. And that's when I ended up in a company called uh, CAI. And uh, one of their regional headquarters was in Wilmington. And they put me into a position doing software testing for, you know, another bank as a consultant. Eventually that grew into a marketing role. And as an IT company, you know, looking for contracts in IT, you know, naturally we were looking to create relationships with IT people. And a lot of that was through Select and through the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce. And eventually I locked into this organization called NPower. And uh, when I learned about them, I was fascinated with the whole business model and the fact that they were a nonprofit helping other nonprofits. And, you know, my boss at the time was Ernie Dionastasis at CAI. And Ernie and I developed this relationship with the organization. And we eventually offered pro bono help desk services mm. for nonprofits through NPower. So right. that's how they got to know me. And how you got to know them. And how I got to know them. That's and great. Uh, when their leader and, and my predecessor, the founder, Lisa Shulak, left the organization, the board had gone out and done a search and it eventually ended with me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I haven't looked back once. I love the work that I do. And uh, it's just a great organization. And I'm just humbled to be part of it for this long. I can tell you love what you do because it's how you carry yourself. And that's really impressive. And you've referenced the phrase empower a couple of times, the founding name of the organization as part of the Microsoft platform that kind of launched about 15, 16 years or so ago. When did it make the shift to the new name of Tech Impact? Yeah, that was probably about six years ago. The NPower network was kind of breaking up. A number of them had gone out of business. They couldn't find the right sustainable model to, mm-hmm. to stay in play. And the NPower New York organization, just who actually had rights to the IP at that time, decided to stay in power. So we had a time where we could change our name. And of course, that during that time was when we really saw this whole cloud computing mm-hmm. opportunity. So you know, we went generic and decided to not be place-based organization anymore. And and really, you know, try and offer our services and help nonprofits everywhere, as well as expand our workforce development programs, Mm -hmm. right? So IT Works was also expanded down into Wilmington and uh, and eventually out to Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you guys pick Las Vegas? It's really yeah. intriguing. Yeah, I get <laughs> you can <laughs> you can imagine I get asked that question quite a bit, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has a lot to do with our funding sources in Wilmington and and even here, right? So we work with a lot of large financial institutions. So you talk about Barclay Card mm-hmm. and Capital One and Bank of America, all have big operations in Wilmington and are all really interested in supporting workforce development. Mm-hmm. particularly around technology because you know when you peel back a bank you know it's it's a technology company absolutely yep. well as it turns out all of those three you know large institutions i just mentioned also have pretty large operations in southern nevada and that's you know partially what led us to go out there along with another organization who was founded in nevada but had relationships here in philadelphia and eventually got to know our organization Mm -hmm. and and, um, the founder of that uh, debbie banco said to me one day we need you in las vegas Mm -hmm. and you know i'm always willing to explore new opportunities Uh, it wasn't really what i was looking to do so i spent a lot of time going back and forth looking for a partner to work with in nevada and long story short that partnership fell apart you know in the 11th hour but to our board's credit you know they said listen we have the resources we've done all the research you know we've created relationships out there this is our mission this is what we should do yeah and so we built it 
Yeah, geography aside, let's help people. Right. That's great. That's a, that's a really great uh, perspective. Brian, I want to shift to you because today you call the Riverton, New Jersey neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia home. How did you find yourself in Riverton and how long have you been in uh, in the Greater Philadelphia region? So I have been in Philadelphia on and off for about four years. Mm-hmm. I moved to San Diego for about nine months and moved back. But sandwiching that was Philadelphia. Yeah, I just recently moved to Riverton, just trying to slow down because the city didn't really suit my life anymore. Mm-hmm. I moved up here from North Carolina, yeah. where I was born and raised. Yeah, Philadelphia and the, the area was basically the closest major city that was obtainable. Yeah. And aligned with my interests. I wanted a progressive city that wasn't going to break the bank. So right. D.C. and New York were out of the question. Yeah. And Richmond was not as progressive as I needed it to be. Yeah. So I chose Philadelphia. You really felt a fit, if you will. And there's something special about Greater Philadelphia. Is there a way for you to articulate that specialness that you kind of envisioned and how it's come to life for you over the last four plus or minus years? Like I said, I have progressive views. I also have progressive looks. So down south, down home, people kind of side-eye me and Mm -hmm. and think that I'm about to either steal something or fight something. Right. And up here, I don't feel that. That's good to hear because I know one of the things that we across the greater Philadelphia region really are proud of is the fact that we're a welcoming community, regardless of you name the kind of attribute or characteristic. And we love that folks feel welcome here. It kind of goes back to our roots. It's part of our DNA Mm -hmm. of welcoming anybody into our community. And it matches really well, actually, with the tech impact philosophy of helping others. We're here to help people. And that's kind of the philosophy and the mantra, if you will, I think, of the greater Philadelphia region. So I'm really glad to hear that. I want to shift gears and talk about the future. And Patrick, you've been with the team at Tech Impact now for a little over 10 years, and you've built some really cool programs, including the IT Works program and the CX Works program. That's the one out in Las Vegas. We haven't talked much about, but that's okay. Punch code. So you have a couple other programs within the portfolio of Tech Impact. But what's next? What's next for Tech Impact? Where do you see it in the next three, five, ten years from now? So I don't look out five and ten because technology changes so rapidly. Good point. Um, but over the next three years, you know what I would tell you is on the services side, we're going to continue to develop our services for nonprofits. Things around data, data analytics, data visualization. Uh, we're going to be doing things a lot around security because that's a real issue cybersecurity right now used to be just the big companies now Mm -hmm. the nonprofits are targets so we're doing a lot of work in that area around workforce development programs we're actually iterating there as well so we just started something called and you have to forgive even though i've been in marketing a long time i'm not the best brand guy (laughs) (laughs) but we just started something called it works wait for this 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Nice. I like it. <laughs> and really what that's designed to do is to bring folks like Brian back into our organization over a period of time. So now he's been in the workplace. He's got more experience. And what we want to do is help him continue his career. So we're offering a program in the evenings that's accessible for folks that are working a couple nights a week to learn the networking and to achieve their next certification, right? So it's a net plus certification, kind of like what you would call stackable credentials. So Mm -hmm. you go kind of A plus, net plus, and then you can branch out from there into things like IT security, which is very, very hot right now. So I think that's a piece of it. I also think workforce development is evolving. And what we're seeing coming out of the administration and and some of the work that's being done here by the mayor's office and workforce development 
is we're starting to coalesce around this idea of modern apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apprenticeship, as you know, has been used in the trades for many decades. But the new trades are IT, yeah, right? right? So how can we take some of those same principles and develop programs to train a person over a longer period of time, have them gain more skill sets, and be more valuable to the employers? So I think we're certainly studying that trend, and we're looking at ways to incorporate that into some of the programs that we offer today. And I think you know eventually we'll start to make changes in our own programs. That's a really interesting perspective because you're right. Apprenticeships in the tech space, they're the same but different. And you kind of have to adapt and adjust and see how you can actually maximize those for everybody. That's right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, Brian, I'm going to turn to you, and I'm actually going to ask you a double-stuffed, double-sided question here, okay? Okay. It's similar to what I was asking Patrick, and that is, what's next for Brian Lutz? Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? And this is the double-stuffed side of the question. What's next for Greater Philadelphia? Because you have a unique perspective on the region, having been here coming up on five years now having grown up in another part of our country. So you come at this from a different perspective, and I'd be curious to get your perspective on where we are today and where you see the city and the region going next. But I want to start with, where's Brian Lutz going next? I have no idea. Ideally, I would like to progress in the technology field. I was told about the networking side of IT works while I was in the class and that appealed to me. I don't know how that would work with my schedule. I was going to look into that and try to figure that out for myself because I do want to continue to get certifications and possibly degrees mm-hmm. if that's obtainable for me. But as far as three to five years, I want more experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I want yeah. new experience and to grow within retech and as well as anywhere else I end up landing. Yeah. Can gain new skills from everywhere and I really want to just be a sponge and soak it all up. Yeah, that's great. And how about the greater Philadelphia region? What's your perspective? What are you optimistic about where we are and where we're going and where do you see this community in the next 3, 5, 10 years from now? Things are blowing up here. Everything is getting newer and cleaner. The city is trying to pick up after itself. Mm-hmm. It seems like for a little while people didn't care about the city, but people have started to within the past like 10 years since I've been watching the city. So I think new interesting things are, are being built. New interesting companies are coming to the city and people are paying attention to it like they do New York or Los Angeles. Right. They're giving it validity yeah. in its status as a city. More so than they ever have before. I feel that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do too. And and I would even go a step further that, uh, you know, the, the future in greater Philadelphia is super bright. And I have to say, in part because of each of you. I mean, you, Brian, have chosen to make this community your home. And the future of success that we're going to achieve regionally, nationally, and globally is because of folks like you. And Patrick, your team is helping to prepare and really shape not just this community, but communities around the country. I suspect you're going to potentially go even further than just Wilmington and Las Vegas. You never know. And I do want to just shift here for a moment and say, you know, Brian, as you shape your vision for where you want to go next, you should be really proud of what you've accomplished. You have a bright future and a bright path because you embraced something and you took action. You saw something and you didn't let it define you. 
you decided to define the situation. So whatever you choose to do in the next three to five to 10 years, I know you're going to be successful at it. And, and I know you have great resources and family and friends and partners like the team at IT Works to prepare you and to use as a springboard for how to shape different paths that you may or may not choose to, to head down. So all the best to you in your journey as you advance in your career and in your life as well. Thank you. You're welcome. So, folks, we've been talking with Brian Lutz. Brian is a proud graduate of IT Works, which is part of the Tech Impact Program. And joining Brian here on Growing Greater Philadelphia is Patrick Callahan. He's the leader of Tech Impact. And Brian and Patrick, we're so thrilled that you guys took time out to join us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And I'll just echo what you said. We're really proud of uh, Brian as well and love to see where his future and all the future of our graduates go. It's, It's the most exciting part of this job. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank. You know, the Citizens Bank team, they bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its full potential, visit citizensbank.com backslash commercial. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts at radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.